Hey everyone, it's Brittany. We're on episode 68 with Kaylin Thompson. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 68 with Kaylin Thompson of Joy to Lead. Kaylin's a team building consultant and leadership coach for entrepreneurs ready to give themselves a promotion and make their first strategic hire. In 2018, she found herself frozen by imposter syndrome when accidentally accepting a promotion that pushed her into an executive leadership role in her company. She spent nine months stressed out, burnt out, and totally sucking as a boss until she decided to make a change, choose joy, and live unapologetically in her strengths. Since then, she coached her team to do the same, helped the CEO she served re-engage with her vision for her company, and developed and executed a four-part hiring framework she used to make strategic hires that added value and purpose to the team. Now, she's leading entrepreneurs to do the same for themselves. And I will be honest with you guys. My original purpose in asking Kaylin to be on this show was a bit selfish. There's two reasons for that. One, I am in the process of looking for my first hires and wanted to get our take on a couple things. But two, and most importantly, I talk on here about how your personal brand can be your best and most loyal teammate if you set it up correctly. And as a hiring expert, I wanted to get her take on that because at the head, it looks like those two ideas are in direct opposition with each other. And I wanted to hear from an expert their take. With that, let's move on into my talk with Kaylin. Kaylin, I am so excited to have you here. I don't know. I've only known you for a little while, but I feel like I've known you for much longer than that just because we've interacted so much on the gram and all that, as the cool kids are saying these days. Or maybe the cool kids aren't saying that. I don't know. I'm probably really outing myself here right now. I have no idea what the cool kids are saying these days. I don't think I've ever known what any cool kid has ever said. (laughs) I'm probably in that same boat. So we'll just gloss over that and move on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you about your business and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. This is a real blessing and a joy. I'm the founder of Joy to Lead. It's a team building and hiring consultancy through which I help entrepreneurs strategize for their first hire and lead their team with joy so that they can scale their businesses and serve more clients. I've been in business for a couple of months now, but Joy to Lead has been a year or more in the making, and it's just been a real blessing to just grow so far. It's so so awesome being here in this space and working with the clients that I work with. Everyone is a joy. Cool. Well, how did you get into this field? I mean, this doesn't feel like the kind of niche someone accidentally falls into, like life coaching, say, or in my case, photography, how I started out originally. That's so true. (laughs) Yeah, that was like a thing that just kind of happened and I rolled with it and found out I loved it. But what you're talking about requires, in my opinion, and from my perspective, some training and some know-how. And it doesn't seem like the, don't hold me to this, but it doesn't seem like the sexiest of topics. So (laughs) I'm kind of curious, you know, what, what your background is, where you were you know, a few years ago and how that led to you striking out on your own in this niche. 
Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of years ago, I was working full time at an in-person marketing agency. I loved it. The team was amazing. I thrived in the team environment and connecting with my team members. The task itself and the job itself kind of drained me, but I was fueled by my team. Well, I found out that I was pregnant and we crunched the numbers and we were like, it's just not going to happen. We can't afford full-time care. And for me to go to work, it would just be balancing out. I'd be paying to go to work. And so I was like, I got to figure out how to make this work. So through a couple of seasons and phases, I ended up finding a job with an online marketing agency. And I started off as a social media temp. They promoted me to content strategist. Then they asked me to become marketing director. And I was all gung-ho. Yes, I'm all in. Little did I know, I don't know why I didn't connect the dots, but they, in turn, they were also asking me to help lead the team. And at the time, there was 30 plus people on the team. And when I said yes, I had no idea that I was actually accepting a role to be on the leadership team, the executive leadership team. I would be coming to meetings that are helping to direct the trajectory of the company and being my voice was going to be in decision making or decisions that were going to lead the direction of the company. So when I came to that seat at the table for six months after that, it was horrible. I was always anxious, living in a state of anxiety, always focused on the fact that I felt nobody thought I should be in this position. I was always focused internally. My, my, my sight was focused inside. I'm not meant to be here. Who am I to lead? I'm not leading my team. I wasn't serving my team wholeheartedly. I wasn't serving the clients that I was still working with. And I was not serving the leadership team at all. I wasn't stepping up with my voice. And that was because I did not know my strengths. And so I went on this whole journey the past couple of years to find my strengths. And once I did, this flood of joy unlocked out of me and directed me to become the best leader that I've ever seen myself to be. I was pouring into my team, helping them rise up in their leadership. I was speaking up in leadership meetings and helping lead the team and I through which I helped lead several hiring processes, helped restructure the team, helped get the right people in the right seats and the right people out of the wrong seats and help redefine the seats in general. So I really use my skills of I'm really, really good and really strong at helping people see vision and seeing vision myself. And so I helped the CEO reclaim her vision and translate that to the team as well. So that's what I do with Joy to Lead. I come alongside CEOs, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and I help them see with strength their own strengths and the vision that they have for their company and their team. And then I help them bring on that very first hire and help translate their core values, their vision, their mission, their company culture, and embed that into their team. That's amazing. And I think I was right. You don't accidentally fall into it. No, you don't. You go on a really long and painful journey of self-discovery. <laughs> so when you were promoted to this directorship role, when you were saying that, it reminded me of John Maxwell's book. I think it's The Five Levels of Leadership. And he talks about how the first level of leadership is positional. And so many of us have worked in jobs where we had a manager of some sort or another who definitely felt like they were the manager. 
Yes. Often emphasis on man right there. Yep. And when I first read that from John Maxwell, my take on it was, oh yeah, people are given a title. Often they do earn it. I'm not going to go there, but they're given a title and they think that that means everything else comes along with it, including respect. I think it's really interesting that you were talking about it. Like you didn't feel like you were serving people well enough. You know, you were talking about all the things you were lacking in when so often, I feel like at least, people who are in leadership positions feel like they are owed it. And you're, you're talking about serving here. Where do you think you came from such a different perspective on this? Well, that's funny that you're talking about because this is a concept that I've just been realizing lately is that I have this passion for entrepreneurs. I feel like entrepreneurs are much different leaders than traditional leaders where we usually, what you're thinking of and some examples that I'm thinking of in my own head. And I'm realizing that in our space and in the entrepreneurial world, leadership exists horizontally where traditionally leadership exists vertically. So that's what you're talking about where the position and your title is what garners you respect, whether or not you actually earn it. And despite whether or not the people underneath you quote, think that way, like have that respect in their head for you. They have to act a certain way and respect through their actions, the things that you are saying. So leadership there is exists vertically. So it's the time that you've spent with the company and the title. So I realized in looking at that, this is why I thought I didn't belong in this leadership role because I was not there the longest. I did not earn it by, by time or by, I have a creative writing degree. I don't even know what I was even thinking that would ever garner me. <laughs> so looking at all of these things and letting that dictate in that previous framework of how leadership traditionally exists, dictate my current reality. When in reality, leadership exists in, in, the, in the team environment that I was in and in the team environment that I help my clients cultivate, it exists horizontally where everyone is a leader in their own zone of genius. And as the team leader, as the CEO, it is our job to not lead from the top, but lead by pouring into the leaders that we are working alongside, leaning into their strengths and giving them the resources that they need. It's our job to see the vision and to the, create the opportunity, but in no way are we better than our team members or are we leading from the top because it's so lonely up there, by the way. But we are linking arms with people who to serve a common purpose. And that was the journey that I had to go on and to learn and to reframe the concept of leadership itself. That was incredible. So thank you. So I want to ask a few questions. I'm kind of going to be jumping around here a little bit because of what you just said. But when you are an entrepreneur, you're starting out as a solopreneur, you're starting out solely on your own, wearing all the hats. And, you know, maybe you're somebody like you, Kayla, and maybe you're someone coming from a job where you did have a team and you did have people that you could lean into because their strengths were opposite of yours. And now all of a sudden, well, you don't. So how do you handle leading a team going from that to leading only yourself? 
Mm, that's a really good question. I think the very first step is to find your online community. Find two to three people that you consider. So I actually have a Voxer channel with several people that I emotionally invest in. They know my life story. They know my heart as well as my business. And we can talk about all those things together. So it's not so lonely because that's the biggest thing. So many people just get burnout out in their first year of business or even longer because they're suffocating and they're starving for that emotional connection, as well as that belief that comes from other people. They see you, they believe you, they're pouring into you, they're cheering you on. That will get you through anything. When it comes to leading yourself, you have to, have to, have to know and be confident in your strengths and your core values, what actually makes your heart beat. And discovering your strengths is definitely a journey that you have to go on. I've been kind of thinking through this idea, and the more I think about it, the more it actually becomes a belief that weaknesses don't exist. We only have strengths. And the more I think about it, the more free I feel because that gives me permission to look at what I'm strong in, what lights me up, where I really see myself benefiting the world, impacting others. And when I look at what I used to term my weaknesses, where I used to push so hard and try so hard, it didn't come naturally. And I spent a lot of time angry at myself for not measuring up in these areas. Now, instead, I can say it's a waste of my time. It is pulling me away from my strengths to spend time in this area working so hard and pushing so hard and getting down on myself when I can pull in the support or the advice from other people because there are some things that I'm still going to have to do like bookkeeping and let me remind you that I was a creative writing degree major so I have not touched numbers since my senior year of high school. I don't even remember how to do anything but now I know so I was sitting down with my books the other day and I kept hitting this wall. And instead of pushing through and being really just working so hard and getting so down, I went and bought a course to help me organize my books from someone that I really trust and admire. And that helped cut my time in half. And so knowing my strengths really helps you stand up in your own leadership because you know where you can run full force ahead and where you can lean on the support of other people because that's what a leader is. It's someone who can see strengths, pull them in, organize them, pour into them. And that's how you lead yourself. So what I really want to ask you, and this is the reason I asked you to be on here in the first place, is something I have said for the last few months that when you have a really well-defined and vibrant personal brand, they act as the best and most loyal teammate in your business that you'll ever have. And philosophically, I think it actually goes right in line with what you've been talking about. But on the surface level, it probably looks like the opposite. You know, you're talking about setting up your business in a proper way so that you can hire people to do the things you either aren't good at or don't want to or you know, what have you. I'm talking about the most loyal employee you ever have being something that you've created, not someone that you hire. So surface level, not the same, I think philosophically. They're actually kind of going hand in hand, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this particular subject and see what we can teach people about it. 
Yes. When you first told me that this was the topic we were going to talk about, I was like, I need to sit with this for a minute and think about it. But then once I did, oh my goodness, my brain started exploding because it's so true. Beside yourself, your brand is your first team member. Whether you intentionally hire this team member or not, whether you intentionally create your brand or not, it is there whether you mean for it to or not, and it is functioning for you. It is working on your behalf. And that's what's so important about being intentional about it because whether or not you dictate its job description, it's going to work on your behalf. So I'm gonna back up and talk about the mechanics of hiring and then I'll tie it into the brand. So the honest goal of hiring, of building and scaling a business is not just to make money. Contrary to popular belief, it's to build a machine that can function outside of you, one that is fully automated and self-sufficient. That sounds cold, but I'll get into the heart of it in a second. So as solopreneurs, right now, we are the entire machine. That's why it feels so, so tough because we are the one. That machine requires our constant energy in every department to keep going. We're the ones keeping it going in every single area, but that's not sustainable. So we make plans to scale and promote ourselves over time to the role of CEO. The role of the CEO is not to sit back in the corner office and go on our private jet when the money comes in. The role of a CEO is to be the one making sure that the machine is running properly, that nothing is broken. We're continually optimizing and tinkering to refine the functionality of this machine. We're the ones on the outside looking, looking down on the machine as a whole. We are in touch with the purpose, with the vision, with what kind of deliverable or transformation this machine is supposed to make in the world. And it's our job to make sure it is always more efficiently, continually efficiently producing that impact. That is our job. So as solopreneurs, it's impossible to both be in the machine, making it go to be the machine, and always have that bird's eye view. It's very difficult. That's why we have to have days where we're working on the business. We're working in the business. There's everyone's talking about on the business versus in the business. And I can't keep them straight. I don't even know which one's which. But that's why we feel so burnout. But as we take steps towards CEO, we are intentionally automating parts of the machine, either through technology or through systems and workflows or, and or hiring people to come be not cogs in the wheel, but to manage and be a functional part of this machine so that over time, we are at the point where we are all the way stepped back out and we are able to look at the machine as a whole. And that sounds cold, but that is the most benefit that you can give to your business is to grow it where you can step into that place and always be the carrier of the vision to communicate that vision and making sure that every single part of the team and, and your business and the machine is receiving exactly what it needs to make the impact that you are out to create. So understanding that and the point of hiring and scaling your business, we can look at branding through that lens. Your brand is the first automation that you have outside of yourself 
whether you are intentionally doing that or not. Like I said, it functions as you, even when you aren't there. Even when you're speaking words out of your mouth on a live video, those words, you can't control where they live in the brain of, or how they live in the brain of the person who is now listening to your video and they're thinking about it a week later. And in the graphics you make, in the content that you create, Everything that exists when you aren't there is your brand and it's working. So it's always working on your behalf. So that's why it's so incredibly important that we build our brand around intentional core values. It's the one thing, it's like you said, it's one of the only employees that we ever get to create (laughs) unless you end up employing like a child or something. So the question is, Did you, when you started your business, did you create an employee that is going to represent your brand well and make money for you? Because that's the point, right? The point is to invest in hires or automations with the knowledge that you'll be more profitable on the other side. So is your brand making you money or is it being lazy? Is it living out your core values or are they living out core values that aren't aligned with yours? Does it show up to work on time? Is it consistent? Is it productive in its purpose? So this is the big one. Does your brand know its purpose? And do you know your brand's purpose? So through my program, I take my clients through four steps to strategizing your first hire. And during our third session, I always talk with them about their hire. So before that, we're talking about what are your core values? How are you going to be making the next step towards CEO? And then we talk about your hire, who it is, what role are they playing, and how are they going to support you as you step deeper into your role of CEO? But what we do is we define objectives for this person that we're hiring. So every employee that you hire needs to have clear objectives for their purpose on the team. It needs to be very clear and defined so that everyone knows exactly what they're here, why they're here and what they're going to accomplish through their job. So having clear objectives helps you evaluate the effectiveness of the employee, but it also helps the employee know if they are being effective in their own role because we've probably all been in positions I'm thinking about one of one of my very first full-time jobs when I showed up and my whole entire first week, the only thing that I had to do was fill out my W-4 or whatever, sign it. And I'm sitting there the whole week just like looking for things to do, not even knowing why I'm here. And it creates a lot of anxiety. So while your brand can't develop anxiety... <laughs> we do need to be able to evaluate the effectiveness of our brand. So I would encourage everybody right now listening to this to get out a piece of paper, start journaling your objectives for your brands. And I would encourage you to come up with only three. It might be tempting to have a lot more, but when you have so much more, it kind of distracts you and dilutes all of your efforts. So what are the three main roles that our main ways that this role will move the needle forward. So for example, if you're hiring for like a sales manager position, like an actual person, their objectives might be to manage and optimize the lead generation process, host sales calls and convert leads to clients, and maybe manage onboarding, invoicing, and the contract and that kind of stuff. So those are three clear things that move the needle forward through this job. So what are the three objectives of your brand? What functions 
does it play in the business? So I might even actually turn it over to you, Brittany, and ask you, what are the three objectives of any brand needs to accomplish? And maybe does it even differ from business to business? If we're going to talk about it in the generic sense, the number one objective of a brand is to set you apart from other people that are in your exact field or similarly related fields. So that's going to be the number one thing. The second thing is going to be giving a voice and culture to the message that you have to deliver. So you are talking about leadership, but your business's name is Joy to Lead. You are telling us right up front there, I don't have to meet you. I don't have to talk to you to know that you, first of all, value joy, but also that that leadership brings joy when done properly. It's right there in your business's name. So you've done that really, really well. I think I'm just going to go with those two objectives because from a generic any business sense, I can guarantee that those two are important. Moving down the line, it starts getting a little gray depending on what kind of business we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. And kind of taking it in a different direction, but what you said about like joy and leadership, it's so true. And the more I think about how that name came came to be. I'm thinking about all the ways that it keeps evolving. So like you want your employees to be a joy to lead and you want to have joy so that you can lead and you need joy to lead. And so like hearing you say that, I'm thinking of all these ways that my brand came so much from inside me that it's still surprising me and pulling things out of me. It's almost guiding me. It like gives me lanes to run in. And so having those core values and knowing my strengths help me define my brand and then also give me the freedom and the knowledge and the restrictions of like how I'm supposed to be acting and presenting myself online. They give me these lanes to run in so I can go as fast as I can, as full as I can without wondering where I'm going. Yeah. And it definitely prevents you from doing that meandering. You know, when you're in a you know hotel ballroom, you're listening to a speaker and it's so clear that they just stopped looking at their notes because their their points get a little more vague. They go a little bit farther. They're not maybe tying it back into action steps when previously in the talk, they definitely were. I feel like having those objectives, and I also speak on core values quite a bit. So I base a ton of my work on core values. They give you a filter, right? So Sometimes I call it a filter. Other times I've called it an anchor. When you have clearly defined values and you're faced with a new prospect, not necessarily a potential client prospect, but maybe someone wants to collaborate with you, or maybe you're given an opportunity to speak on somebody's stage. I use my values as a filter through which I can run those decisions. And you're talking about doing the exact same thing. You're having those objectives, having those values stated before you're talking about hiring so that you hire the right person who aligns with those values so they don't mess up the culture that you've created. Even if you are just a one-person shop so far, there's still a business culture there. And I think it's incredibly important to not forget you might have created that without meaning, but it is your job to continue that intentionally. Mm -hmm. I would even go so far as to say that you need to be treating your brand as an actual employee. So have weekly check-ins where you're looking at your metrics and your numbers. How is it performing? And have quarterly reviews. 
Is your messaging still serving you? Is it still aligned? Has it strayed anywhere? What are the numbers telling you? And then definitely have an annual review where you are going hard at looking at how does this position, like if, if you were doing the annual review with, a, with an employee, you would be looking back at how the, all the ways that they've grown in this past year. And then what's your vision for the expansion of this role? And what's their vision for the expansion of this role? And then how are they going to make changes to grow into the next year. And that's what you need to be doing with your brand too. So I would even, yeah, like treat them like an actual, like treat your brand like an actual person because now that I'm thinking about it, it really is. It's you when you're not there. <laughs> so you got to kind of always make sure that you are still aligned with your brand and your brand's still aligned with you. You need to have weekly check-ins. I love that. I have never thought about that. I have all these ideas kind of, you know, burgeoning and popping right now because I could see like creating a whole series of PDFs or workbooks on how to give your brand a review, how to do the weekly check-in, how to do the annual review. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Performance reviews. I don't think I ever wanted to do a performance review before. <laughs> I was the weirdo that always really craved them. I was like, hey, when's my performance review going to be? Like, like Angela on The Office, like, <laughs> I do want to hear praise, but I want to know how I can grow and what are the expectations that somebody has for me that they may not be communicating to me. I want that communication always. Actually, you know, it's funny. I, I just said I've never wanted one before, but now that you phrased it that way in that perspective... I'm probably a little bit Angela like myself. I just got a super harsh critique about some of my messaging uh, yesterday and I haven't even had a chance to look through it. I mean, I've read through it all, but I haven't had a chance to start applying the information I received. And you know, there's two ways I could have taken that, right? Branding and messaging is my deal. So, you know, getting a harsh critique could be an ego issue, right? It could be something like, oh, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, this is what I do. Or... You could take the tack of, wow, okay, so I've got some work to do. And and that was the tack I took. And I sat with it for a little while and I made a conscious decision to not look at it again for the rest of the day <laughs> because I wanted to really let it ingest and marinate and, and get to the point where I could say, okay, here's action one, here's action two, go ahead, Brittany, go apply them, take care of this so that you can be better. So that, now I'm talking about myself in the third person, but you know what I mean. I actually really like the idea of creating a brand performance review on a regular basis because especially when it's a personal brand and it's so much of you it's not easy to be objective even if you're like me and this is like your knowledge base it's not easy to be objective about something that you hold so close and dear especially when it's based on your values but if it's going to be your first employee and the only employee that you can create unless you you know, hire your children, of course, as you said, then you really truly need to treat it like an employee or it's going to get away from you because it's a part of you. It's easy to let it slide. I think in, earlier in the interview, you said, is your brand showing up late to work? And I kind of laughed inside because I know mine has on, on occasion. I've done it. So same. I think a lot of us like like there's that concept of promotions too, but like why do promotions exist? Because you have grown and you are more valuable to the company the more that you have learned and you've tested and grown in your knowledge and expertise and your strengths. And the same thing goes with your brand too. 
because it is now more valuable every single year that passes. Your brand is existing in more and more minds. It's gaining expertise and strength. I think what promotions really do is they give us a larger fence to run in because we're going to grow and we're going to expand. We're going to explore every area and we're going to master the full expanse that we've been given. And then it needs to grow a little more so we can master the next full expanse. And your brand is the same. It's going to exist in more minds. It's going to live in more minds and it needs to strengthen just like you have grown and you need to strengthen. So I would even like every year sit down and think, how am I going to up level my brand and give it a promotion. Just like I, just like I say, you know, solopreneurs are keeping themselves at an entry level when they need to be promoting themselves. And so you're saying that your brand needs to be promoted every now and then too. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end this interview. That was so much information. I had high expectations when I asked you to come on. I won't lie. Oh, you exceeded all of them. So thank you. Thank you. This has been a real treat. So real quick, I want to give you a quick opportunity. I've been seeing you promote your program. Tell us a little bit about it, who it's meant for, and how to get in touch with you if it's something that our listeners are interested in. Great. Well, I offer my signature service. It's called Dream to Team. It's an eight-week program with continued support. So eight weeks structured plus continued support with me. The first, and it is designed to help you strategize and make your very first hire. So through these eight weeks, we get on four calls together. We go through your core values. We dig into your vision for your company. There's a lot of breakthroughs that I help my clients get through. It's really amazing to witness. And we discover your strengths and we map out your new job description, how you are going to get to your promotion. So we're going to give yourself a promotion. And then we start talking about this new hire, who you're going to be bringing in, what zone of genius, what strengths complement yours. And then we establish a 90-day onboarding plan for their success. At the very end, I deliver a hiring manual to you, customized with everything that we've talked through over the past eight weeks. From there, you get continued support from me via 90 minutes of Voxer support. So if you don't know what Voxer is, it's a walkie-talkie voice messaging app that I love, 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 love and 90 minutes of on-call sessions. So if you're going, if you're navigating the hiring process and you are having trouble or you can't decide between two candidates or whatever, you can use me as a sounding board and to always have me there on call for whatever hiccups you have or whatever advice and support you need. It's really geared toward solopreneurs who are branching out and making their first the strategic hire. So what I mean by that, it's not your first VA. It's not necessarily an assistant of any sorts. This is a team member who is going to be walking alongside you toward a common purpose, devoting their time and energy and their heart to your company and your business. And you need to invite somebody who is who you can trust based on your core values and all that stuff. And so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at joy to lead or online at joydelete.com. Kaylin, thank you so much. If you are looking to find out more about me, you can find me on my website, brittanygardner.com. That's B-R-I-T-N-E-Y gardner.com or on Instagram at I am Brittany Gardner. That's all for now. Catch you next week.